G'day folks, welcome to episode 111 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week, we've got a few things to talk about. I want to go over uh, some of the point-to-own action that's been happening this week and actually is still ongoing at the moment. If you are listening to this podcast on uh, Thursday uh, here in Australian time or maybe on Wednesday night when I finally get this out in uh, the US and Europe, uh, there's still one more day of point-to-own going on and Ubuntu is featured there and so there's some action to cover there that's been happening. Plus, we'll do the usual roundup of security updates from the past week. So let's just get into that. Up first, we had an update for Spam Assassin that was in the Ubuntu releases 16.04, 18.04, and 20.04 long-term support, respectively. This was discovered uh, by Damien Lukowski, and it was a remote code execution uh, vulnerability that could be triggered when parsing uh, untrusted configuration files for Spam Assassin. So if you're the kind of person that likes to uh, get your configuration files off the internet and just install them and use them, uh, you would have been vulnerable to this. Uh, basically, it would fail to properly sanitize certain elements of them so that you know, you're downloaded file could then contain uh, commands that would get executed by spam assassin when it was processing uh, your spam emails so yeah uh, i would recommend that you do not use untrusted configuration files for spam assassin because this is not the first of this sort of vulnerability that has been uh, seen there and you, you will keep yourself a bit safer in the future if you craft those yourself so that you know exactly what is potentially being executed uh, by your spam assassin install Anyway, moving on, uh, there was an update as well for OpenEXR. Uh, six different vulnerabilities were fixed in this uh, back to the 16.04 long-term support release and the later ones as well. Uh, and being a library written in your C, unsafe memory language that parses uh, you know, image files, we see the kind of vulnerabilities that often crop up in here. So uh, there was a bunch of different vulnerabilities fixing possible uh, memory consumption or you know, ex- excessive memory consumption that could lead to a denial of service. Uh, there was fixes for some integer overflows that could then lead to buffer overflows and uh, potential remote code execution as a result. So again, if you are um, parsing un- or parsing untrusted crafted image files with OpenEXR, you're a little bit safer now. Um, so yeah, that is then fixed for those releases. As well, there was an update for the Linux kernel for um, our 12.04 extended security maintenance customers. So our 12.04 extended security maintenance is kind of on a bit of life support, not officially supported, but we are every now and then still rolling out uh, the odd fix. And this is one of those. So this is for the kernel there, which is actually the 3.13 kernel that is backported from the 14.04 release. So uh, originally when 12.04 long-term support release shipped, it shipped with the um, 3.3 kernel, if I recall correctly. And then uh, now we have the 3.13 kernel there available from uh, Trusty for it to be used. And so the vulnerabilities that it fixed here were um, all actually kind of SCSI related. Uh, Three of them were iSCSI issues that I talked about back in episode 109, as well as a high priority one that was in the LIO uh, SCSI XCopy issue. So that that could then uh, trigger um, remote or could allow a remote attacker to again overwrite arbitrary files and that kind of thing. And that was uh, back in episode 102. I covered that one if you want to find out some more details on that. Uh, An update as well was done uh, for Rack. That's the um, popular Ruby uh, modular web server system. Again, going back to 16.04 long-term support. Uh, In this case, uh, we actually did an update for uh, the 18.04 long-term support release back. uh, I covered that back in episode 93. And we've now rolled out those fixes for 16.04, 20.04 long-term support respectively and 2010 releases as well. And finally, uh, talking web frameworks, where there's an update for uh, Django. This was one CVE for 16.04, 18.04, 20.04 long-term support, and 2010, the Groovy Gorilla. In this case, there was a possible uh, directory traversal through uploaded files. 
this didn't actually affect any of the inbuilt um, upload handlers within Django, but if you had written your own custom uh, upload handler using the multi-part parser, uh, you could have been vulnerable to this uh, through essentially to um, files being uploaded with crafted file names. They could then you know, escape uh, the directory path and override arbitrary files or that kind of thing. Uh, because this didn't affect any of the built-in parsers within Django, this was rated as a low priority, but we have gone and fixed that as well. Normally, those sorts of fixes would uh, wait until there was a medium or higher priority um, vulnerability fix to get rolled in. But yeah, this one has gone out for Django this week. All right, uh, that's it for the week in security updates. Uh, as I talked about at the start of this episode, though, uh, something that's been going on this week and is actually still ongoing at the moment is the Pwn to Wine competition. So uh, if you're not familiar, this is uh, a competition that's been going on actually for about the last 14 years, I believe. Uh, it includes various platforms that uh, you know attack or that security researchers, should I say, can come along and can uh, try to attack under various different um, configurations. And so in the past, Ubuntu has been involved in this. We've been uh, in our platform in previous years that uh, users can come along and try to can try to attack. Uh, but also, it's not just Ubuntu. There are other things like Windows and um, or there's uh, web browsers like Safari or Chrome. Uh, there's virtualization, so that's like QMU or maybe Parallels or uh, VMware. Uh, there are servers, so that includes uh, Microsoft Exchange and the like. And there's also now this year a new category of enterprise communications. So that includes uh, things like Zoom or Microsoft Teams. And so this year, uh, the, con the competition's been conducted over three, day three days, the 6th, 7th and 8th of April. And uh, there are 23 different uh, entries across these 10 different categories that I talked about. Uh, and so, as I say, each year uh, the competition has kind of grown. Um, in previous years, yeah, they've slowly expanded it to include automotive platforms. So in previous years, there was a Tesla Model 3, and actually that was there this year as well, but no one uh, chose to attack that. And as well, uh, this year there were some enterprise applications like Microsoft Office and Adobe Reader that in the past have seen uh, lots of uh, different issues, but again, no one uh, turned up with any exploits to, to attack those. Uh, but talking about Ubuntu, there were four different teams that uh, entered to target Ubuntu desktop in the local privilege escalation category. And so being a local privilege escalation, what the, uh, the competition organizers are looking for here is uh, someone that can come along and deploy uh, an exploit that runs as a standard user, but then gets them root privileges. And the rules say this must be taking advantage of a kernel vulnerability. In this case, uh, they're using an up-to-date Ubuntu uh, 2010, the Groovy Gorilla uh, install, uh, running inside a virtual machine. So that's the platform that uh, the researchers have to play with and you have to try and get their exploit running on. And so on the first two days, uh, there were both two different successful attempts against uh, Ubuntu 2010. The first of these was from Ryo Toshiga of Flat Security and the second one was from Manfred Paul. Both of them used uh, two different separate uh, out-of-bound access bugs to escalate from a standard user uh, to root, uh, attacking the kernel. And as a result, they each earned $30,000, which is a pretty awesome prize, plus uh, three points in the competition's Master of Pwn Award. And so um, I guess the competition has always had this idea that you, know, you, you can exploit something and you get a reward, which is cash. And in previous years, I think the very first time it was uh, if you could uh, exploit, I think it was a MacBook uh, that they had set up there, then you would actually own the device, hence uh, Pwn to own. So you'd own the device by owning it. Um, but nowadays it's a cash reward, but they also have this kind of competition going on as well that uh, because lots of people come along and don't just attack one platform, they do multiple ones. And so they have this master of Pwn that they award at the end of the competition to uh, you know, the team or the, the person that gets the most points along the way. 
And so, yeah, as I said, there's uh, actually four different attempts against Ubuntu. I've talked about two of them. There are two more that are going to happen uh, tomorrow or maybe it's today when you're listening to this podcast or it's already happened. Either way, on the 8th, uh, you know, in the US, uh, there'll be two more attempts. This is from uh, Star Labs and from Synactive. They will each be, uh, again, uh, attempting to use our local privilege escalation vulnerability against Ubuntu 20.10. Uh, if you are listening to this before that happens, you'll actually be able to watch it live. They are live streaming the competition on YouTube, Twitch, and they've even got a, a link themselves on the conference site. And I've got links to all of those in the show notes if you want to have a look. But yeah, the competition has been pretty successful overall. It's not just Ubuntu that has been successfully exploited. Uh, so far, all of the teams, except for one who have attempted to exploit, have been successful. So they've exploited things like um, Safari and Chrome and Microsoft Edge in the browser categories, uh, Microsoft Exchange in the uh, server category. Uh, both Teams and Zoom have been exploited in the new category of uh, enterprise communications, as well as uh, Windows 10 itself and uh, Parallels Desktop in the uh, virtualization category. So yeah, everyone's been pretty successful except uh, for the Starlab team who have not yet managed to get uh, their exploits working in the allocated time. As I mentioned earlier, they are one of the teams that will be attempting uh, to uh, exploit uh, Ubuntu tomorrow. So it will be interesting to see how they go. Uh, the competition does, or as you can notice, I'm being pretty light on details with this because uh, these have only just happened, and uh, you know we don't want to be uh, releasing uh, technical details of the vulnerabilities yet, uh, at least until the fixes become public. The competition does have a 90-day policy for fixes to be public, so we will uh, you know see these come out uh, pretty soon, I expect. And obviously, regardless, I will be talking about uh, the other two attempts on Ubuntu in next week's episode as well to see how they went. All right, and so the last thing I wanted to cover in this week's episode is that we are hiring. Uh, we've got some open positions, one for an AppArmor security engineer. So if you want to come and work on AppArmor, both in the kernel and the user space parts of that, uh, this position is, or all these positions, should I say, are for uh, remote. You know, a majority of the engineering staff at Canonical and that work on Ubuntu uh, work from home generally, you know, themselves. And uh, so these are remote positions. The first two of these are looking for people within the Americas, and the last one is actually for worldwide. So yeah, this first one is for an AppArmor security engineer. So if you want to come and work on AppArmor, uh, check out that link in the show notes. The next one is for a Linux cryptography and security engineer. So this would be working with our certifications team on uh, you know, making sure that the crypto implementations uh, within so the kernel, OpenSSL and the like are you know, FIPS and similar you know, certif security certification standards certified. And the last one is for uh, an Ubuntu security engineer, and that is for anywhere in the world. Uh, if you are someone who is interested in trying to keep Ubuntu secure and doing security patching and uh, developing new hardening features for Ubuntu and all of that kind of stuff, I urge you to check that one out. All right, so that's it for this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact with me or the rest of the team about anything Ubuntu security related, you can email us at security@ubuntu.com. Uh, we do hang out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network. Uh, there is a security section on discourse.ubuntu.com if you want to come and create a topic there. We would love to discuss anything security related with you there. And finally, we are on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec if you want to hit us up there as well. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening again for another week. It's been great doing this all again, uh, particularly looking at Pwn to Own. I always get excited about that and we'll be very keen to see how the other two teams go uh, for, uh, that are you know, attacking Ubuntu in the next day. Uh, but we'll do that all next week. Uh, until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.